Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where now using pro using promo code DNVR is going to get you $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, as he does each and every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet, the host of the Drew Goodman uh, podcast, my buddy, Drew Goodman. What's going on, man? It's quite an introduction, Patrick. Thank you uh, for that. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. You doing well? Doing well. Yeah, sleep deprived. Usually we've been, uh, the, the grind of the season gets to you at, at some point, uh, two, three months in, and then you, you learn how to take those off days. It's the final week at home, so uh, not sleeping, doing a lot of baseball stuff, but also not complaining. You got you to gotta grind right now. That we, You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and, and uh this is this has been fun. This has been a, a good week despite the the losses. How are you holding up? Uh good. You know, um, you get to this time of year and you start to see the finish line. Uh, you know, we we had that road trip, uh, obviously with what uh, three in San Francisco and six in craziness is six in in Los Angeles. That that's a good way to end it. In that, uh, you know, selfishly you stay in one place and LA is a good place and and good weather and. So uh, I may sneak in some beach time there, if I can if I can get everything done earlier. But uh, anyhow, it, it, we've we've reached that point. Um, uh, but yeah, grind. You and I have talked about this before. You use it from a baseball player perspective, and you use it from a coaching perspective, and you also use it from a, you know a broadcaster or a media perspective for those that like yourself that cover the team day in and day out. Um, it's uh it, it it's a, it's a happy grind it's a it's a it's a grind of um that you're you're you can you can bitch a little bit but you're also really thrilled that this is what you you have the ability to do and um so you don't you don't take it for granted uh, obviously you wish that it was a team that was getting ready to play in the postseason but the reality is for most teams that's not the case and certainly not the case right now for the Rockies yeah, this week has been bittersweet because again, you gotta soak up as much as you can before team goes away for six months. It's crazy to think that you know, as long as the baseball season is, it's half a year, which is a long time. But that also means there's no baseball at Coors Field for six months. So, trying to get it all in the final three uh, games of the season, fireworks there on Friday. Rockies always do a fun celebration on Sunday, but uh, the bitterness is that it's ending. The sweetness at least for right now for the Rockies is all about Ezekiel Tovar 
21 year old shortstop, their top infield prospect. That's uh, I think that's helped add to, to some of the excitement here in the final few games, not just because it is the final few games, but because we're going to see uh, a really special young man uh, make his debut here. Uh, we hope on Friday. Yeah. You, you want, you want something that, that energizes um, everyone, the fans, number one, um, the organization needs, uh, you know, a, a lift. You want to start to, to peek into the future and see who's part of the solution. And the Rockies have brought up, uh, you know, several guys that, that are kind of getting their feet wet, getting indoctrinated to being a big leaguer. It doesn't mean you're going to draw some grand conclusions based on two, three, four weeks of, of baseball. Um, but they've got Michael Tolia here. Who knows, you know, is Sean Bouchard, you know, potentially a, a piece, you know, that probably still to be determined, but they're getting their feet wet. Even guys like Gavin Hall- Hollowell. Um, I know Zach Davies hasn't, or Zach, uh, um, not Zach, uh, Noah Davis. I, w- I was going to Zach Davies, sorry. Noah Davis hasn't had an opportunity yet. But uh, in the case of Tovar, they're all going to know what it's like. I've said this to fly in a big league plane, to to prepare for a big league game, to be in a big league clubhouse. And it, it kind of um, eliminates that aspect for them in the future. And, and you hope the future, in the case of Tovar, who we're going to talk some time, some, you know, quite a bit about, um, you, you hope that that begins next April. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like uh, it's not a case of just sitting back. There's there's some urgency, as you said. You know, hey, all right, well, you know, they can come up next April or start the team on opening day or whatever. But no, let's let's get them acclimated now. And yeah, you know, Buddy has said exactly that. So I like that sense of urgency and and advancing these guys and and, and giving them their shot. You know, maybe not sooner than they're ready because I think they are ready. But maybe in the past you wait a little bit longer. Uh, but that hasn't been the case, and, and I like that urgency. Um, I, I think that Billy Schmidt realizes and, and the front office realizes that, you know, th- this next wave and it hopefully comes over a couple of year period of time that you you need to accelerate it where it makes sense. You can't bring up a kid who's not ready. That doesn't help you out at all. But in the case of guys that have shown that, you know, they're they're close enough that it warrants being here, that it can help as I said, remove some of the uh, newness to being at the big league level by doing it this year in anticipation of playing quite a bit next year um, and, and specific to guys like Tolia and now Tovar. I think it's the right thing to do. I think with Tovar, there's a lot of, uh, of hype. I, I think the Rockies have done a good job of trying to tamp that hype down because, you know, you certainly don't want to heap the the praise too early or say you know this is the the, the next coming of a Troy Tulowitzki or, or Trevor Story you know different skill set I think a little bit maybe a little less power a little bit more flash with the glove uh, but still he's the he's the third superstar shortstop you don't want to you know put that much pressure on it but the reality is if you go and look at you know not even just his numbers in this past year but just you know the the scouting reports on him going back to last last season uh as uh, a 19 20 year old now he's 2021 20, you know there he's he's very good he's he's very good no two ways about it and you know could could be some time until we see the you know fully formed version of tovar he's 21 years old in 52 days he'll be the youngest position player uh to to debut for the rockies so uh, there's hype but there's also a lot of reality to suggest he's going to be very good all indications are he's going to be very good, and he's risen quickly through the system. He signed as a 16-year-old for $800,000, and you know initially there wasn't a lot of pop, but he was a kid, and, and now the pop has developed. Um, I'm impressed where he's hit some of his home runs going back to spring training. He hit him to the big part of the field. Uh, so you know there, there's, there's Homer in his game. Uh, I think that the Rockies, like any organization, are very wise to try to tamp down uh, expectations as if he's going to, you know, roll out and, and do what Trevor Story did and hit six home runs his first four ball games or whatever craziness that was, or or be Troy Tulowitzki, who's a big part of, you know, helping a team go to the World Series as a, you know, as a 22 year old. So, you know, some of those expectations are not fair to heap on someone, but the reality is twofold. One, he has been very, very impressive. He has skyrocketed up. Um, the prospect list nationally forget just about where he lands 
in the Rockies world where he, he and Bean are the top two prospects. When you look at it from a national perspective, he wasn't in the top 100 a couple of years ago. Then he made the top 100. And now, you know, he's in the top 30, he's in the top 20, you know, depending on, you know, whether it's Baseball America or MLB.com or, or ESPN's top 100, where you, you know, uh, look to see the evaluations. He's a consensus top national um, prospect. Now, you have to go do it, and sometimes it takes a period of time. That's where the fairness, um, you know, comes in. But the Rockies need good stories. We know this. They're good. They're not a good team. They're 22 games below 500. That's bad, right? We know that's bad. It's four years running that they haven't been in the postseason. They need uh, better players. They need players to perform at a high level uh, to ultimately win more than you lose and hopefully far more than you lose. And so, yes, in a perfect world, they need a Tovar to, you know, become a, a high-level major league player pretty quickly. But again, having said that, you can't just say, yes, this has to happen and not let it happen organically because then it's unfair to this young man. I'm glad you pointed out the fact that he is, you know, nationally ranked as not even just a top 100 prospect, even a top 50 prospect. He's, he's essentially like a top 25 kind of prospect. And so... That's that's kind of why I, I, I preface my you know previous statements by saying the hype and the reality because you know for all prospects there's going to be this hype there's going to be hey maybe maybe he could be this or maybe you know if he figures this out if he uh, cuts down on the strikeouts you know that was the conversation for Montero who uh, has a lot to prove still yet but you, you, you can see how he's going to be successful going forward same thing with Michael Tolia you, you've seen you know his ability you know to hit for extra bases I think he's has the most on the team uh, since August 30th when he got called up uh, but there are some questions about his game. A lot less so for Tovar. There, there is that reality that you know, even if, maybe even if he doesn't reach his ceiling, he still might be pretty darn good. Um, so it's it's not just hype. It's not just looking for the good story and like, oh, I, I guess this is just the latest thing we're covering. It's like, no, if this guy you know starts on opening day or you know spring training next year, there still would be so much hype around this young man because, as you said, you know he's. Uh, you know, signed so young and, and it really has come a long way in, in a short period of time because, you know, last year, at the start of the year, he, he wasn't really, uh, he wasn't a top 10 prospect for the Rockies. He had a lot of growth. I mean, and that's what happens when you, you sign at 16. And so um, it, it's, it, there, there's a legitimacy there to, to really get excited. You'd be excited for Tolia and Montero. Um, but with Tovar, it's, it's a little something different and, and hopefully he doesn't, you know, with the Tulo and, and Story conversation, what's interesting is with Story, you're right. He, he goes out um, like a bat out of hell there to start in 2016, but then struggles a lot in 2017, you know, and his rookie year really gets shut down early with the injury there in, in 16. Uh, Tulo had his injury issues and, and whatnot. So um, there are certain detractors with that. So that being said, does it, Tovar is going to have his hiccups too, right? It, it's a natural part uh, of the game. So, um, but but there's still just so much potential and so much excitement. I really are we going to see him today? Are we going to see him today? Good. Yeah, I mean, really uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you're going to see him today. Uh, I'd be shocked if there would have to be some. He he didn't come here to sit on a bench and no. watch. He's unfortunately missed more than a couple of months with a you know a hip flexor groin uh, issue. Uh, otherwise, he would have been here sooner. Uh, but Buddy, intent. Look at how Buddy's handled even going back several years to every young player, especially a young player with promise. He's playing Tolia every day. He was playing, you know, Tolia and, and trying to get Montero in there virtually every day, even if that meant before Brendan Rogers tweaked the hamstring, Brendan Rogers, you know, didn't play. And I, I know Brendan was struggling with the bat, but he's Tovar is going to be in there. Tovar is going to be in there. I could see, uh, the Rockies moving because they're they're still evaluating and looking hard at Alan Tra uh, Trejo, who's done some good things. Um, so I, I could see them moving Trejo maybe to second and having him get some reps uh, over there, or or maybe it's playing third and having McMahon play second, whichever combination is most comfortable right now uh, for Trejo. But Tovar's going to play. He didn't come here. He didn't come here to watch. You want to rub off as much as you can in terms of. Um, accelerating the the process of him becoming a big leaguer um accelerating accelerating the the comfort uh of this young man um the the reason to be excited 
is beyond just the talent in that yes he's really good defensively i had heard several years ago he could he could defend at the big league level as a teenager um he he has pop that you were referencing uh, he has a charisma to him and i think that charisma will be more evident as he masters english and you know he understands quite a bit and um you can just see it he's a handsome kid he's got a smile on his face and i'll pass along something chris forbes told me now on a couple of occasions uh forbes he was in there at in hartford i said um in june or may of may or june and you know he had a fabulous first half patrick uh, he's probably the best player in the eastern league first half of the season and at one point because it's baseball he went through i think an 0 for 19 0 for 21 1 for 21 yeah he went through a slump like every player who's ever lived goes through right ted williams did mike trout etc etc and he said the proverbial you would have honestly and this is a young guy trying to you know get to the big leagues as fast as he can he goes you would have no idea that he was whatever he was 0 for 19 uh, in his demeanor in how he went about his work in how he treated his teammates how he was in the clubhouse and that's why when People who are in development, like Chris Forbes, who's the farm director, go in. They don't go in and it's, you know, fly in and fly out. They're not there for 24 hours. Hey, let me see this club play for a day or two. They stay for a week because they they want to get on the ground and observe everything. And and he's and he came away so impressed with Tovar. And it wasn't because I happened to catch the week where he hit three homers and four doubles and batted 530. It was a week where he didn't do a whole lot, but he saw attitude, he saw maturity, he saw uh, a, a young man who, who was able to persevere. And so, you know, those are other reasons that Ezekiel Tovar is in the big leagues now in September. Yeah, buddy. Buddy talked about his poise. I think that speaks to that. Um, I think Patrick Saunders said that Forbes used the word intangibles. That sounds like that. That sounds like those intangibles. It. It. I wanted to ask him when we spoke with him yesterday, uh, something along the lines of the fact that he's always been the youngest guy everywhere he's gone, where he's two, three, four, five years younger than the competition. And so I'm. I'm wondering if if he has that kind of his own perspective of like you know, yeah, these guys may be a little bit better than me and I got some things to work out, but where I'm at in relation to other 18, 19, 20 year olds, I'm, I'm ahead of it. So, all right, if I, if I go one for 20, whatever it may be, that's, that's a blip on the radar uh, in the grand scheme of things. I'm, I'm still way ahead of everyone else. And, and that, that makes me think that he's just, again, he's got that perspective, really good head on his shoulders. He's got a great, he's got a great head on his shoulders from all indications. Um, I was impressed, as we all were. I know you and I chatted about it going back six, seven months. I mean, he tore up uh, spring training. And you may say, well, who is he facing and all those questions. The bottom line is he, he, he batted 550, I think it was, in spring training with, with three homers. And every day he did something. And it got the attention uh, of a lot of folks. And then he went to Hartford and he tore up Hartford. So he's earned, he's earned the right to be here. Uh, I just look at it from a from a big picture standpoint. Uh, we've we've chatted now about the fact that you you know you have to pump the brakes and and let this happen um, in in the natural course of things and and let's see what kind of player he can become not only uh, you know next year but you know in ensuing years because he's he's still going to be a young guy. But the Rockies as an organization they need good stories. They need star power. They don't have any right now. I mean. This this team, which you know is going to finish wherever they finish, high sixties, maybe seventy wins, whatever it is, if they if they get there, um, it, it's it needs to be much better. We all understand that. If Billy Schmidt was sitting here and joined the conversation, he'd say that. I mean, he's he's told me that privately. It's not like they're they got their head in the sand and think, oh yeah, well Chris Bryant didn't play this year, that's why. Um, you know, we're not very good in the pit in the rotation, you know, had a down year, but, you know, trust us, you're, there's going to be a 30 game improvement. I mean, that's, that's crazy talk, right? They're not, nobody's saying that. So it's also a, a, a team that needs uh, the influx of talent and, and, and some sex appeal. 
Um, it's not a sexy team right now. It's not a good team. It's not a sexy team. And this is a young guy. And again, now I'm now I'm going against what I've said. We're now I'm trying to make this guy be the the second coming. But you hope that he's part of and can be a significant part of, um, you know, the turnaround for the Rockies. You can be a significant part of our wonderful DNVR Broncos tailgate this Sunday against the 49ers. It's the night game. I mean, it's really just the evening for us here in, in Denver, but uh, on the East coast, it's uh, it's the night game on Sunday. Uh, you can get tickets at dnvrlocker.com. Remember if you're a member, you get a price break on that. You get 15% off now at the bar there on the corner of Col- Colfax and York. Always got sports going on. Always got Colorado sports on top of that access to our members only discord where you can meet, fellow Denver sports fans like yourself, uh, both here in Colorado and all over the country. A lot of times they also have tickets to, to different events that they can't use and they'll pass it along to you guys. Uh, you can get tickets uh, yourself on the game time app, really good deals all this weekend uh, at, at Coors Field. You might even be able to get yourself some seats on the 50 yard line for the Broncos on Sunday. Uh, when nuggets come around, definitely uh, court side, you can get floor seats at a concert it's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. And when we mean last minute, it's like up until the event starts. That's why those prices are going down because sometimes, whether it's a vendor or whether it's somebody who owns the ticket, they'd rather get something than nothing. That's how you can save up to 60% when you wait closer to first pitch or kickoff with the Game Time app. I've used it before. Almost a decade ago, in fact, to go to my first show at Red Rocks for $15 each, a rather premier show at that. If you love DNVR, you're going to love game time. Best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who've downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And if you can't go, you can still watch on Evoca TV. It's the new goat in Colorado sports, the greatest of all TV. Yes, that's that's what GOAT represents for Evaca. Head on over to Evaca, E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. When you do that, uh, instead of paying $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee, it's only going to be $15. It gives you a $10 break for your first three months when you go to evaca.tv slash Colorado 10. You're going to get Altitude Sports. You're going to get our guy Drew here on AT&T Sportsnet. You get the NFL Network. Crystal Clear HD, 60 entertainment channels, you name it. You can uh, get the Sling TV bundle. You can watch your favorite teams from phone, laptop, tablet. You name it. It is totally revolutionizing the game. No contracts and no catches. Evoca TV, it's made for champions of the remote. Uh, going back to, uh, Drew, this idea that you know the, the Rockies have been given more opportunities to these young guys uh, and advancing them, maybe being even a little bit more aggressive down in the minors uh, more so than before. We're, we're seeing it with the minor league guys. You know, Joe Rock skipped low A earlier this year. Uh, Hunter Goodman went up two levels. Again, deserved it when you look at the numbers, but there's a lot of times you look at guys in the minors and you say, what does this guy need to prove at this level? Well, they're starting to move up. And even a guy like Zach Veen, uh, who started in high A, we're seeing him now, or we got to see him in Double A Hartford. You're even going to see him coming up very soon in the Arizona Fall League. Same thing with Braxton Fulford. Uh, they're going to be on that Salt River Rafters squad, which is typically made up of guys that are going to be Rule Five eligible. You know, the team maybe is getting one last look at him, seeing, you know, do they do they want to add him to the 40 man roster? You know, what what's the situation? But no, they're they're giving those opportunities to guys like Veen and Fulford. And if you look at last year's roster, you had Tolia, you had Tovar, you had Bird. You had guys who we saw in the majors next year. And so, you know, don't don't want to, you know, put my foot on the accelerator too quickly. But it does make you think, hey, maybe we do see Zach Veen this time next year. So I like that aggressiveness in the minors with advancing guys, you know, maybe a little bit more so than we've seen in the past. I, I agree with you, Patrick. I, I think that the Rockies um, in, in the past, not, not across the board 100%, but we're more, you know, level to level and it was unusual to see you know the phenom who's 20 or 21 and and that's why this kid at 21 and 52 days yesterday i guess it'll be 53 days obviously today is going to be the youngest position player ever and sometimes you hear of other clubs man this guy's 20 years old and he's got to gotten himself to the big leagues and you say well how come that hasn't happened with the rockies 
I think they had a conservative approach in the past. I don't think they've thrown that out the window. I think development is development and everybody um, proceeds at their own rate, but they also are looking to reward guys that they think have the ability to move quickly. And in fairness, you go way back, even though this young man I'm going to talk about uh, was a college player, but Troy Tulowitzki moved very quickly. And I remember Dan O'Dowd telling me about him and, and just the, the it, it was clear that, that he was ready and he had, I have it written down here, something like 500 at-bats roughly uh, at the minor league level, and then he was in the big leagues. So I, I think this group, you know, Billy, headed up by Billy Schmidt, headed up by Chris Forbes um, as the farm director, they're not afraid to accelerate the process where it is warranted. Yep, drafted in, in 2005. Uh, Troy of course, seventh overall there out of uh, Long Beach State, one of the one of the original dirtbags there. And then, yeah, makes his debut uh, the next year in, in 2006. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. And real quick, going to Hunter Goodman, right? And um, Hunter Goodman's played at three levels this year. And now he's in instructs right now, and he's he's working as a corner outfielder. So think about that. That That is – indicative of a team that's uh, of an organization i should say that's not afraid to to now move guys along so um, uh, i i think you will see to your observation patrick more of that going forward one one of the organizational i think philosophies of the rockies is keeping guys together keeping clusters you know guys who are part of the same team so they can move along together. You know, obviously we saw that with that uh, Asheville tourist club uh, a decade ago. Now at this point, you know, with, with Freeland doll, Carlos Estevez, Pat Valleca for a while. Uh, so countless, right. Tapia. I mean, there, there's so many of those guys that eventually impacted that 2017, 18 roster. Um, and we're, we're, we sort of saw that, you know, last year a little bit where Rockies minor league affiliates did incredibly well. Fresno Grizzlies had the best record, uh, this year in the California League, unfortunately, they did lose uh, in the California League Championship. Um, but but overall, you know, they're they're keeping those groups together. But hey, they're they're allowing those breakaway players. So you know, while you know you had your uh, Adel Amador and Yankeel Ferez, Jordy Vargas, uh, Brian Castillo, those those young guys together this past year in Fresno. You know, next year in Spokane, we might see some of them start to break away. You know, we saw Warming Bernabel break off and and go up to Spokane. He'll be on that Arizona Fall League roster. So, you know, there there's hype, right? There's hype and there's hope. But so far, uh, since the hype has really started, I want to say really since the beginning of last year, where there's buzz all in the low levels, but that hype has has grown to hope a lot more. Like there there are some talented talented players on their way and and we're seeing it at the big league level but look it's it should continue to happen for the next couple seasons and and one of the one of the ways they're doing it because that fresno club's really talented and they did move some guys along and when those guys graduated they were able to fill in from the from this year's draft class back the power hitter out of tennessee went in there and he didn't miss a beat thompson the kid out of florida who's great hit ability he went to fresno didn't didn't miss a beat um so they have a process now and they have depth, especially with position players are really developing some nice depth. I think the, in particular, the catching position, they have more depth than they've ever had in the history, the 30 year history uh, of the organization. And uh, I go back, you referenced, uh, you know, Freeland's group, if you will, with Carlos Estevez. And um, I, I go way back to when the Rockies, before they, went to the World Series in 07, kind of the nucleus of that group or, or portion of that um, were, were my, my broadcast buddies now, you know, Spilly and, and Corey Sullivan and, you know, Matt Holliday and, and kind of that group. And they won together in the minor leagues and then they arrived at the big league level. And so they were accustomed to winning. They were accustomed to playing together and, you know, combined with Tulowitzki, combined certainly with some of the guys who'd been there. You know, Garrett Atkins was part of that group also. But, you know, guys who'd been there like a Todd Helton, you know, Brad Hopp was maybe a step in front of those guys also. Uh, they were able to, you know, to win a lot of baseball games and eventually get to the World Series. And uh, I, I think they want to replicate that. Um, winning is important now. 
um, in the Rockies organization. It's not just purely about individual development. Uh, Chris Forbes has been on record as saying that um, a number of times when he took over. And uh, I think it, it can get overlooked at times because we realize that not all the guys in the minor leagues get to the big leagues, you know, still a relative handful only get to the big leagues. But instead of making it just about the individual, they're making it about, hey, winning ball games every night uh, at every level. And I do think ultimately that will uh, pay dividends at, at the major league level. Catchers have a long shelf life and they, they get a lot of room to, I mean, look at Brian Servant finally, you know, debuted. Uh, he's 27, right? Is he 26 or 27? I think he's 27. I, right? I think uh, 27 sounds right, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, he, you know, took, took a lot of time to develop. I think that's common. It's like, like left-handed pitchers, you know, they might not really reach their vintage until their, their early thirties for, for some of them. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see, you know, at what time in, in the Rockies history have they, have they had the most big league catchers in their system? Because right now, to your point, you kind of touched on this, you know, maybe you throw Servin in that group since, you know, he started the year in the minors. Well, we won't include Dom Nunez because, you know, he, he was drafted a, a long time ago. But you've got your Hunter Goodman who can play a little bit of catcher. Well, I don't know if he'll uh, really debut as a catcher, so to speak. Braxton Fulford, uh, as we mentioned, uh, is one of those guys. Their top catching prospect, Drew Romo, uh, Willie McIver. Uh, you know, he was in Double A last year. Had to repeat. Uh, you know, maybe didn't make the growth that you were hoping to see out of him this year. Played a little bit uh, in Triple A, but uh, I think he has a lot of really good skills. I think he's a a big league catcher, uh, more of a backup type. Uh, and then even a, a Roniker Palma, who's a name that doesn't get mentioned very much because you know he's behind on the depth chart with so many of those guys. But Chris Forbes, you know, speaks really well of him. So. Uh, that will be interesting to see, you know, in 10 years time, how many of these guys, these catchers actually end up, you know, debuting because you know, that's, that, that's a tough road. You know, you could, you could wallow away in the minors for a while as a catcher and then, you know, maybe make your debut at 29, 30, 31 and have a nice, you know, six, seven year career, like a guy like an Eric Kratz, you know, I, I think about, or, or Todd Pratt, who I think he got to the majors a little bit quickly, but you can always you always need that that third catcher somewhere in the system, and I think right now the Rockies have a lot a lot of catching depth. Stephen Vote, who's thirty seven and announced his retirement today from the Oakland A's second tour with the A's, played with a lot of teams, has some ties to Colorado. He played for the uh, Fort Collins uh, Foxes one summer, a couple of summers actually. Uh, you know the Rocky Mountain uh, Collegiate League, and and he's probably a guy that may one day be a manager. He's really well thought of. Uh, inside the game vote vote went famously 0 for 32 over a year and a half period of time before in his 33rd at bat he got his first hit which happened to be um, a, a home run and uh, against a guy who's uh, still throwing today Joe Kelly came uh, a bunch of years ago but um, you're right it takes a while sometimes for catchers to develop you need depth I like what the Diamondbacks are doing with Dalton Varsha, they really have two and a half catchers. And you've seen Buddy this year do some things that were frowned upon years ago. You never had a, a catcher pinch hit for a catcher with the fear that, well, what happens if the next, you know, if that guy gets nicked behind the plate, then you don't have, you know, a catcher. And a Connor joke, it would be their emergency catcher. He has a little, you know, some background doing that. Uh, but to have, as I say, two and a half catchers, it, it avails you the opportunity if you have, a matchup offensively that you prefer to, to, to pinch hit. So, uh, you know, uh, Hunter Goodman specifically is getting, he's getting work behind the plate. He's getting work at first and he's getting work in the outfield. Um, I think when he first arrived at Memphis, he played some corner outfield there uh, because the bat they hope can be an impact bat. So um, yeah, uh, overall the catching position seems to be in a good place. I, you taught me something there. I did not know uh, votes uh, history there uh, at Fort Fort Collins uh, Foxes. There, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it goes but, back. But very fitting too, because he debuted uh, in his age twenty seven season, and really, it wasn't until he was twenty nine that he got. Uh, you know, he played you know, more than eighty two games in a season, and then the next year, in his age thirty season and age thirty one season, he becomes an all star. So again, it's it, that's what happens with catchers. It takes a while to truly develop. And so, uh, that's why you might have to be a little bit more patient with a guy like Drew Romo who, who didn't go up to double a this year, uh, like his uh, partner in crime, Zach Veen, but 
uh, yeah, catchers, catchers are an interesting breed. We know that. They're an interesting breed. And he, he came right out of high school in the Woodlands area of Houston. So, um, you know, he's still a puppy, man. Um, but, uh, you know, by all indications, he has a chance to be, you know, a really nice player. And there, there's a lot more bat to him than, than maybe some of the first reports had on him as a, as a catch first guy when he was a 17 year old. Yeah, still developing those skills, which you love to see. And hey, the American Raptors, they're developing their skills at Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Look, these are guys that aren't rugby players uh, at heart. In fact, I don't know that many young people grow up playing rugby. These guys are former professional football players, basketball players, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. You name it. They're learning the sport. You can learn right along with them. Get some free tickets at American Raptors. Com. You can check out the DNVR Rugby podcast where our dude Colton Strickler has got it all covered. I mean, he's talking with uh, all these elite athletes, coaches. You know, he's getting you ready for uh, the Super Rugby that that's going on. So uh, you can learn a lot about that. And you can check it out, too, down in Glendale uh, at Infinity Park. Go to AmericanRaptors.com. And look, unfortunately, if you've been in a car crash that wasn't your fault and you've got injuries, medical bills, You've got some lost income property damage that you've uh, had to deal with. Well, make sure you check out Travis Legal Offices. You can call them at 303-766-8766. They're going to give you a free consultation on your personal injury matter. Uh, you can also reach out 24-7 on the web at travislegaloffices.com. Look, they're going to take really good care of you. Uh, they got folks who've been educated locally at DU and CU law schools. They've got a staff with more than 35 years of experience in handling these kind of personal injury cases. With Travis Legal Offices, there's respect, response, and results. It's a motto to keep in mind each and every case that they work on. Reach out to Travel Legal Offices today at 303-766-8766. Well, I was curious if you had I, I want to talk about Aaron Judge here. I mean, gosh, guys doing it all. But I, I just was curious if you had anything on uh, Scott Harris uh, being named the new GM in Detroit. Uh, he, of course, came from San Francisco. Uh, and Dayton Moore out in Kansas City, J.J. JJ Piccolo uh, taking over uh, to replace him. So uh, some stories that you know are kind of related to the NOS and to our general region of the United States. Uh, interesting uh, that there, there are these moves here at, at this time of the year. Yeah, Harris, uh, one of those, it's almost become a cliche, young, well-educated, uh, bright minds, 30, I think he's 36. And uh, I think that teams, when they're looking for a general manager, oftentimes they're going to gravitate toward the teams that have had success, um, teams that you know, often are, are deep into analytics. I mean, Tampa has been raided a little bit. Um, and now Farhan Zaidi, who was so well thought of in LA and now running uh, baseball operations for the Giants. So kind of his right-hand guy um, to get get selected. I don't think that's, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that came out of proverbial left field by any stretch. The Dayton Moore change, they're, they're a more conservative organization. Dayton Moore, you know, orchestrated, you know, the, the World Series, the two World Series appearances and the World Series championship. Um, and, and I guess they felt now it's, they're about six, seven years, seven years removed from that so that it, it was time for a change. You also have uh, the other factor that in the time that he began running things, talking about Dayton Moore, they had a change in ownership and the change in ownership came after they had won uh, a world championship. Um, so that, that's the nature of this business, right? Whether you're a coach or a general manager, you're hired to be fired is typically the line. Kansas City, you know, as I said, typically a little more conservative. They, they bide their time. Um, you know, Dayton Moore is really well thought of uh, in the industry, and we'll see what it brings them. I think it's certainly with a new GM, oftentimes you want to put your stamp on, on an organization that begins – in, in some sports as the head coach in baseball, we call that guy the manager. So if you're Mike Matheny, I don't know how well you're, you're resting at night. Uh, though the guy that, that takes over is a guy that's been there um, in Piccolo. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And he's been, he's been out there for a couple GM jobs. He's been one of those top candidates. So, you know, Piccolo slides right in that works out. And yeah. Harris, I mean, gosh, the giants, it, it's crazy to think they, they won 107 games, Last year, they're going to have about 30 less this year. 
um, with, with, you know, kind of a similar roster of, of names you might not be familiar with, but you know, while they haven't been entirely successful about four games under 500 right now at 73 and 77, you, you still saw that here at Coors Field, like, Hey, they can get the job done. You might not know the names very well, but they can execute, uh, pretty well. And so, yes, yeah, Scott Harris definitely deserves a little bit of credit for that. Uh, we'll see what he's able to do in Detroit. Aaron judge leads in the triple, all three triple crown categories. Now 60 home runs most. And this is, this is one of those things. I'm sure there's been a billion articles written about him from all different kinds of angles. Uh, haven't seen this yet, but I'm sure it's out there. Uh, most home runs by a right-handed hitter now in American league history, because you know, Maris Ruth 60, 61, they're both left-handed hitters. Uh, also at, at Yankee Stadium, or the the precursor to uh, this current Yankee Stadium, same general dimensions. Um, but yeah, most uh, now in the American League for a right-handed hitter. I think Jimmy Fox had the record at 58. And uh, and the other thing, too, that I didn't get a chance to finish reading all of Jason Stark's uh, column from from uh, The Athletic on, on Friday, but he's got all the different facts and figures, and he looks at it from all kinds of crazy angles. Uh, Judge, he got his 60th home run in the, the Yankees 147th game, which, you know, going back to Billy Crystal's you know, film 61 at 61 with an asterisk, uh, because Bowie Kuhn, uh, who was the uh, commissioner of baseball at that time was, you know, good friends with Babe Ruth said, Hey, wait a minute. That was the first year in 61, um, that opened up the expansion era. The seasons went from 154 games to 162 games and said, wait a minute. If Maris doesn't get his, uh, 60, 61 home runs in 154 games, it doesn't count. Well, it looks here now like uh, Aaron Judge will more than likely uh, surpass Babe Ruth in those 154 games. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, he's had just a phenomenal year. And as you know, I talk about the debate, which I, I think was more heated a few weeks ago as to who the American League MVP should be. Aaron Judge in this phenomenal year, this historic year, or Shohei Otani, who's a unicorn. So we get into that, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit this week on my podcast. But um, there, there's no denying what Aaron Judge has done. It has you know the only the only precedence for it was was Bonds' 73 home run season. And I know anytime we go there, there's other attachments to what Barry Bonds did. Aaron Judge has been so steady, so consistent, and, and 60 home runs, whatever he finishes at, 63, 65, whatever it is, remarkable. And, and the fact that I, I still, uh, you know this, Patrick, because you and I have had innumerable conversations, not only on your podcast, but off, off the air, if you will. Uh, batting average still means something to me. I mean, it, being able to hit and not just look at, um, you know, on base, okay, this guy walks a lot, but he's a 230 hitter, you know, the kind of the, the gallows of the world. Um, I, I still hold in high regard guys that have the ability to hit, you know, to hit the baseball, um, not just over the wall, but to produce hits. And, you know, Aaron Judge is leading the league, as you said, in, in hitting. So this year has been, you know, so historic um, with little precedence prior and that's why it ought to be celebrated, as I think it is. And yes, it 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 gets uh, it becomes even more grandiose because he plays for the for the Yankees. It it seems like it it should be a foregone conclusion that he'll get three hundred million dollars in free agency. I know he turned down two hundred million. He's a little bit older. He, again, he's another one of those late bloomer guys too. But so we're Patrick. We were kicking this around. Me and Spilly in the booth yesterday, and and having a a, a healthy debate. Corey Sullivan was in there with us, and. You know, we're talking about AAV, you know, so so give him uh, three years and one hundred and fifty million. I, I think Corey was suggesting that. And, and I was like, that that doesn't make any sense. He turned down two hundred plus million. And then he's betting on himself again that at thirty three, he's still going to be so good that somebody wants to give him another whatever it is, uh, two hundred and fifty million. So uh, I, I agree with you, Patrick, that the next deal is going to be north, way north of three hundred. Um, based on that he turned down 215 and and then all right well, what is what are the years I mean if I'm Aaron Judge and I would say okay what how big is the number and, and I'll fulfill it over 
several years, knowing that this is the last big one. I, I he he did the greatest bet on himself job of all time, but you don't want to do it again in three years, right? You know, he's a big body guy. You don't know if he gets hurt. Th- this is the one, and it's going to be as big as he can get it financially. And I know that the union wants to make sure the AV keeps going north, especially for this, you know, this freakish talent. Uh, But to me, it's going to be that, you know, six, seven, eight years, 300, 350, who knows, maybe, maybe it is even 400 million. You know, what's even more fascinating to me is where he ends up. Do the Yankees belly back up to the bar? Or does that team in Queens, which is now owned by the wealthiest guy in sports, do they say, oh, what a wonderful addition Judge would make and we'll relocate him from the Bronx to the to Queens? And you always have the Dodgers looming and, and even the Giants looming, right? Yeah, Giants are always attached to those those big name stars. And hey, he's he's from that area. I mean, he went to Fresno State, so I mean that's not too far away. Uh, I think he's more of a, an L.A., right, so Southern California guy. Um, Linden, California, is that right? Um, I I think that that sounds right. But, you know, he went he went he did go to Fresno State with Austin Wins, a lesser known bulldog. We just saw the last few days with the Jacks. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. This weekend will be interesting. Feltner versus Shamanaya, Chad Cool versus Yu Darvish, Coffrelin versus Mike Clevenger. Uh, I think Mike Clevenger has a bunch of tattoos. So that this could be the, the the heaviest tattooed matchup in baseball history. Kyle Freeland versus Mike Clevenger. Clevenger looks almost more like a Colorado guy in many ways than Kyle Freeland, although, you know, they're 1A, 1B right there. That'll be uh, kind of a fun one on Sunday. Uh, Clevenger looks like, you know, he looks like a, kind of a rock and roller um when, he looks a little like me when I have my hair down. Let's, let's be honest. When he has, okay. Yeah, people may not know that about you. But um, he, you know what? Clevenger looks like a tall tall and much younger Willie Nelson. Ooh, that's a, it's an interesting comp right there. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Willie. Willie's on the, on the bump. That's, that yeah. would be a good nickname. I, I would like that one uh, for sure. Your guest this week on the Drew Goodman podcast, Alan Trejo. Man. Um, almost an unfortunate time, you know, with, with Tovar coming up. But as you said, you know, you can play a little second base, you can play a little third base. You want a guy who's a premier uh, defensive shortstop, being able to, to move around a little bit. And, you know, uh, he's he's not going to get lost in the shuffle because Buddy even said it, you know, a couple of days ago that, you know, come spring training next year, uh, probably get some time in the outfield. So the team very much wants him to, to be on the big league roster on opening day next year. He could uh, either with or without Garrett Hampson kind of be that, you know, Swiss army knife that can play uh, around just about everywhere. So Trejo definitely will not get lost in the shuffle, especially with how well he's been playing uh, as of late. Yeah. I think he, he's certainly risen in stature the last couple of years uh, with his development. Uh, his bats developed, uh, you know, there's some pop in his bat. There's some extra base hit in his bat. Really good glove. I know he made a, a miscue or two in that San Francisco series, but he has good hands, and he's got a toughness to him. He's got a grit to him. Different skill set than Hampson. Uh, you know, Garrett Garrett's number one asset is how fast he is. Uh, you know, I, I I think that, you know, Garrett, it's been a tough year for him. I, I think he believes there's a lot more bat in there, and it remains to be seen. He'll, he'll go into his second year of arbitration, um, you know, where where he ends up. Um, that's a spot that that's always, you know, kind of evolving with a team. And, and uh, you know, Alan Trejo is a is a big leaguer in my mind. I think there's no question he's a big leaguer and he's he's got that good chip on his shoulder. And we kind of talk about that a little bit during during the podcast. But I'm a big fan of Trejo's. Yeah, that, that was a really good conversation. You get to know, like. He's a pretty smart dude. You know, I mean, we, we talk baseball all day long, but uh, he, he could hold his own with uh, some of the brightest folks around, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that that's where I think it's really neat for Rockies fans, or just sports fans in general in town when, when we can pull the curtain back and you do it so well with, with guests that you've had, like Sean Bouchard, you know, when Sean was still in, in AAA. Um, and uh, I, I think with Alan Trejo, 
Uh, people are people are going to be, um, you know, that they're going to be pleasantly. I don't want to say surprised. They're just going to be like, hey, get get to know these guys a lot more, and you find out um, some interesting things about his background and his education. And yeah, he's he's a smart dude, man. He's a really sharp cat. And and that's the thing about the Drew Goodman podcast is that it's not a soundbite podcast. It's not all right. Talk about this. Do your cliched stuff like in Boulder. I'm like, hey, just go, here to help the team out. You know, you got to take it one day at a time. Like you're not getting those sound bites when you sit down with these guys. Obviously, you know, you gain their trust and I have a good relationship with them. But you ask those questions to kind of pull that curtain back, which is always fun. And you don't even pull punches yourself too. You know, you. They, that that the YouTube podcast is not just an interview with a player. It's all right. Here's my thought on Colorado sports and what's going on. CSU, CU, Broncos, uh, Nuggets, all of those things. So uh, that's why you got to make sure you uh, download and are, are subscribed each and every Thursday to the YouTube yeah. podcast. We won't we won't tease I, that. I, I, yeah, no, I know. I, I appreciate that, and I I, I did this very quickly. Um, it's this show was 168, so it's like almost three and a half years ago. Originally kind of started it with Julie Brownman and I, I wanted to have him, uh, you know, the opportunity to speak to different things and also do a long form interview, but on my time and on, on my schedule. So once a week, you know, the week builds up and you have opinions on a lot of different things happening locally and, and oftentimes nationally, and you're able to espouse those where, you know, you know this, Patrick, if you're doing it every day and talk radio, you have to fill a three hour slot. And there's some days it's awesome. Like Monday, when you try to kick the 64 yard field goal instead of going forward with the Broncos, that show is, from the talk radio standpoint is made in heaven. Uh, but, you know, Thursday in mid-February where there's not a lot going on, uh, if you only have to do it once a week and you get a compelling guest and there's one or two topics over the last five days, you can really speak to them and, and and make a deeper dive and do it on your time, whether it's, you know, 35 minutes or 45 minutes or, or whatever the case may be. So anyhow, I appreciate that plug and it's been fun to do it. And it's fun to talk, uh, you know, off air with you about various things because you you're great about passing things on to me ideas and 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 truth be told there's been uh, on a few occasions where you'll text me in the middle of a broadcast and say hey by the way this dude did x y and z and next thing you know i'm regurgitating that on the air so um my hat's off to you as well appreciate that yeah it, hey look it's great bang for your buck as you said you get to you get to condense an entire weekend into one show and uh, and it's free on top of that so you that's the best price around as far as, far as like my concerned. favorite beer, Patrick is free, yeah. free beer, free beer, free light beer. And on that note, make sure you are following Mr. Drew Goodman at Drew Goodman 42 at DNVR underscore Rockies is where we're at at Patrick D Lyons is where I'm located on Twitter. Drew Goodman podcast, download and subscribe each and every Thursday. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Hey, man, wrap it up how we always do each and every week. You know what they say about momentum? It's only good as your next show. So we will talk to you on Sunday after the final home game for the Colorado Rockies.